the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. All right, uh, this weekend on The Wonderful World of Stew, uh, we've talked to Steve Malloy. He's a guy who uh, has been fighting against crappy junk science for a very long time. And and his latest book takes on kind of the EPA and the way they've been dealing with uh, the world lately and kind of how to go about fixing it. Uh, Check it out. Heroin, alcohol, machetes, air. All of these things can be used to kill. I mean, except one of them. Here to explain why you actually shouldn't be afraid of the air you breathe is author of the new book, Scare Pollution, Why and How to Fix the EPA, Steve Malloy. Steve, thanks for coming on the program. Hey, Steve, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you on because you take on some claims in this book that I've heard a hundred million times and never hear the opposite side of. Um, and it, it, I think it starts with the Clean Air Act. Walk us right. through what the Clean Air Act, Clean Air Act uh, it actually does and what it's supposed to do. Well, it's really pretty simple. The Clean Air Act um, is to ensure that we have safe air to breathe with a margin of safety. And what that means is that the air shouldn't hurt you. It doesn't mean that the air has to be just the, you know, five basic gases that are in the atmosphere, like nitrogen, carbon dioxide, oxygen, et cetera. Uh, It means the air needs to be safe. And um, what most people don't realize is that even though the air was really bad, you know, 40-some-odd years ago when the Clean Air Act was passed, it was never really a public health problem. There was always a lot of debate about that. Yeah, the air is ugly. No one wants to breathe it, uh, but it really wasn't hurting anybody, much less killing anybody. And over the ensuing 45 years after the Clean Air Act, EPA figured out that it could really get its um, regulatory scam going and enlarge its power and achieve its you know, political agenda by telling people that, in fact, the air was killing people. And during the Obama administration, they really maxed out on this. They maxed out and said that, 25% of the deaths that occur in America are because of air pollution. I mean, that's 570,000 people a year. I mean, that's utterly ridiculous. It's, it's obviously not true just from the, the smell test. How are they go. getting to these numbers? Can you explain what their argument is in this? Well, they have some very, very 
lousy, uh, corrupt, in the book I describe it really as fraudulent, epidemiologic studies, which are studies of populations of people who they, you know, somehow come up with these really weak correlations between breathing, air, and death. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else yeah. to describe it. And so they find these really weak numbers and not, you know, they're, they're really not even correlations, but EPA just pretends that they are actual correlations and it multiplies them basically through a large population of people. And when you multiply a small number through a large number, you know, you get a pretty, pretty fairly uh, sizable number. And that's how EPA gets its 570,000 deaths per year. Well, I can say right now, even with their scare tactics, I have continued to breathe air and I've decided to take a stand on that one. And so far it's worked out fairly well. Um, their studies are based on, some of it is, you know, you describe in the book some really kind of scary experiments where they took individuals and pretty much put them yeah. like, like it was a, a rat in a, in a science experiment. Can you kind of walk through? Right. I know uh, sure. they really did experiment on human beings. Right. So EPA is these studies, the epidemiologic studies I just discussed, are, are just statistics and they're really lousy studies and they're not very believable. But so EPA wanted to try to develop some scientific evidence to give them some credibility. So what they decided to do was, well, we'll build a gas chamber and that's literally what it is. We'll put people in it. We'll expose them to very high levels of air pollution and we'll see what happens. And the shocking thing, of course, is that this is all patently illegal. <laughs> you, can't, you can't put human beings in a gas chamber and try to kill them, especially if you're the federal government. But yeah. EPA does anyway. Now, some of the even, I, I mean, that's incredible enough as it is, but EPA also experimented on 10-year-old children with diesel exhaust. They would spray diesel exhaust up their noses. This is all documented in my book. I'm not making it up. Why on earth would they spray diesel exhaust up the noses of 10-year-olds? They are so desperate to try to prove that air pollution hurts people that they're trying all sorts of things. I mean, they expose children to diesel exhaust. They experimented on very old people up to 80 years old, on asthmatics, on people with heart disease, on people with diabetes, on old people with all these diseases. Uh, they experimented with very high levels of ground-level smog, um, particulate matter, uh, diesel exhaust, even chlorine gas. If you can believe that, you know, chlorine gas was a, a weapon in World War One. So they exposed them. I mean, they're so desperate to try to prove that the air is killing people, that they're doing these patently illegal experiments. Yeah, I'm not a big on government regulation, but I'm going to take a stand and say, you know what, we should minimize the amount of diesel fumes we just pour into kids' faces, or building gas chambers for any reason, like never build one. I think we've learned that in the past. Look, no one wants to breathe dirty air. And of course, this is not what uh, this is all about. I mean, this is about EPA establishing a regulatory regime where it can do whatever it wants. And during the Obama administration, it did. And it launched this horrific war against the coal industry based on this sort of junk science. EPA's global warming rules, well, they're not really justified on the basis of how they're going to change carbon dioxide in the atmosphere or other greenhouse gases. They're based on this notion that particulate matter from coal power plants kills people. And, and that's how they've really uh, expanded their regulatory power and launched their, their war on coal, which you know wiped, almost wiped out the coal industry and killed many jobs and uh, communities in coal country. Let's go back to the experiments for just a second here. You talk about Nicole Wan in the book. Uh, this is a really tragic story, and I, I can't believe I had never heard it before. 
Right. Well, um, so 20 years ago, uh, this college student at Rochester uh, University, she was doing a government-funded, it wasn't EPA, but it was a government-funded air pollution study. And um, this, this particular experiment involved them exposing her to um, air pollution, and then they would stick a tube down her throat because they wanted to see what happened to, or to, to take cell samples, basically, because they wanted to study the cells. Well, when they stick this tube down in your throat, you're in a procedure called a bronchoscopy, they have to anesthetize your throat. And they gave her a little too much lidocaine, and she died. And she, she is the only person who has died from air pollution. This is amazing. I mean, you, and you went so far with this. You've, you've been so involved in this for such a long time. I've been reading your stuff for years. Um, and you went as far to actually sue the EPA. Uh, taking on a behemoth like that has got to be intimidating. What was that like? Well, I've sued the EPA several times. Um, the problem is that, you know, the statutes um, that would allow you to sue the EPA were written by the environmentalists for the environmentalists. So if you're not an environmentalist, you're out of luck. And so the two lawsuits we launched, one of which involved these human experiments, we got nowhere. Um, the federal judge basically told us that, well, you guys don't have a right to sue, only the study subjects would have the right to sue. But of course, how would they know they could sue EPA? EPA was lying to them about what EPA was doing to them. I mean, this is a lot like the Tuskegee experiments, if you're familiar with that human experiments tragedy. Mm, amazing. Um, before you go, I, I, I want to ask you about um, uh, secondhand smoke. This is a big one. It's obviously talked about as a, as a real danger. It's, it's one of those things that's been repeated so many times that I think almost everyone believes it. Um, I remember watching Penn and Teller, their series on Showtime uh, called BS. They actually had an episode about this. And I've heard them, since it aired, sort of express, I don't know, uh, a little regret that maybe they weren't as clear on the science as they should have been. In. Do you feel, actually, it was definitely just Penn because Teller doesn't talk, um, but uh, it, it, do you, can you explain the secondhand smoke studies? Do these still hold up today? Or were, were the, you know, it, I'm kind of, I, I'm confused as where the science actually stands this, today. This is a great question. So in 1992, EPA concluded that secondhand smoke caused lung cancer and caused 3,000 lung cancer deaths a year. Uh, at the time, uh, I was working on this issue. I said, this is total statistical nonsense, this is fraud. Um, but by the time we got to federal court and proved that it was, well, the secondhand smoke uh, horse had already left the barn and all the smoking bans had been imposed. Mm -hmm. um, and and it, just, it just caught on after that. And um, I, I think because of the physiology, you know, once people uh, stop smoking and being exposed to, to secondhand smoke, then they don't want to be exposed anymore. So it became sort of a, you know, nobody wants that. Uh, but, but the science was junk. The statistics were fraud. And they actually, secondhand smoke was sort of the gateway drug to this um, scientific abuse that I talk about in scare pollution. Hmm, amazing. Well, it's all in here. Scare pollution, why and how to fix the EPA. Steve Malloy, thanks so much for coming on the program. Thanks for having us, Steve. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951.